Well, my name is Brent. Um, I actually work part-time here. I'm the youth director for this, the kids that are, go to this campus. Um, that's my side gig. My real job is I actually work at the YCC Family Crisis Center in downtown Ogden. Um, it's a domestic violence shelter, among other things. But what I do is I run all the prevention programs, which basically means I go to all the schools and I talk to students and health classes about safe dating, about healthy relationships, and things like that. So it's super fun. I love that. But also part of my job is I teach parenting classes. So we do it live, we do it online, and I love talking to parents about parenting, about their kids, uh, because I love being a parent and I love my kids. And so it's great. Great. And so, so that's kind of who I am. Um, we are starting a new series today about called Survival Guide to Parenting, as you can see. And I've actually been a parent for the last 20 years or so. Um, these are my kids. And I know they're both going into college, but my wife still made them do a first day of school sign picture. Um, that's my daughter, Mackenzie. We call her Mac. She's doing her first year. I just started her first year of college at Weber State. Uh, that's my son, Dylan. He, my daughter is 18. My son is 20. And uh, he's in his third year at the University of Utah. And so they're gorgeous kids. They're beautiful. But if you're young, oh, thank you. you thank my wife, not me. Um, they got my sense of humor for me and everything else good for my wife. So um, they... Uh, if you're a young adult in here and you're single, I just want to apologize to you because my son is taken and my daughter can't date till she's 30. So just <laughs> leaving that out there. She's in the back row disagreeing with me right now. Um, but if you're here and you're, and you're single or you're married and maybe you don't have kids, um, you're probably thinking, oh, like, like rolling your eyes, like why are we doing another parenting series? Why am I here? Well, trust me, what we're talking about is really, it's going to apply to you as well. It definitely, all these three weeks will definitely apply to all of you. So sit tight, hang on, and we'll talk about it. But if you are a parent, you know how difficult and how hard parenting is, right? It's great, but at the same time, some days you want to kill your kids. And so parenting is a hard thing. Both my kids, I'll tell this story, both of my kids, like my son, one morning gets up, goes into the garage, gets into his car, and backs out. Bam! Forgot to, hit, forgot to open the garage. <laughs> and so I looked at it, I'm like, that's all right, you can bend it back, it still works, it's fine. But about a month later, my daughter is outside of the garage in her car, thinks she's going in reverse, but instead goes forward, Bam! into our garage. At that point, I'm like, we need a new garage. And so, you know, things like that happen with our kids all the time because our kids aren't perfect, you know? But I'm glad I'm a parent. You know, I love my kids. I wouldn't have it any other way, you know, if I could do it all over again. And honestly, my kids, oh my gosh, they, I'll just brag about them a little bit. They are the hardest working kids I know in their school, with their sports, with the jobs that they've had, the hardest working kids. And they're great friends. They are so good to their friends and other people. And they really respect us. And we really can trust them. And so we got pretty lucky with our kids. And so being a parent is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I don't want to stand up here telling you like I'm some kind of expert. Like, look how my kids turned out because I'm a mess. You know, and I have not done everything perfect. When my kids were little, I used to have this game when mom wasn't home. We would do this game where we would put 
pillowcases with pillows in them over them, and so there's just a little feeder sticking out, and they kind of like go around like this, like mummies, and bump into each other. And it was great, but they would put the pillow behind them so they can kind of still see through the pillowcase, you know, where they're going. Well, one night, they did the opposite. They put the pillow in front of them so they couldn't see anything at all, and they're up on the landing, and the stairs are right here, and I'm just a dad at the bottom of the stairs, like, recording it, like, this is great, you know? And they're bouncing on each other, bouncing the walls, and then my son hits my daughter, and she, like, rolls down the stairs. And then my wife comes home, and I'm like, it's fine. Nothing's broken. They're in pillows, you know? And so things like that. The only reason my kids are alive today is because of my wife. Like, that's super honest. But my wife's not perfect either, you know? We got a phone call one time from my daughter. She's like 10 years old, and she's like, Mom, I couldn't find anything to drink, so I drank your mommy juice, and it's really gross. And we're like, what's mommy juice? And we find out it's like a half-drinking cooler, you know, wine cooler in our fridge, you know? So we're not, we're a mess. We're a little bit of a mess. But I'm sure all parents are, and that's okay. And so because we're a mess, we're basically going to talk to you today about what God's Word says, you know? This is what God's Word says, and I think we'll be able to apply it today, so... This is kind of the plan. The Survival Guide for Parenting. So today is putting God first. Next week will be disciplining your kids, but with love. And the last week is super important, like how to affirm your kids, how to tell your kids that they're wonderful and you love them and God loves them and all those different things. So just to tell you this, we're not going to give you any kind of like plan perfect formulas that if you do this and this, this is going to happen because that's not how life works. That is not how life works at all, unfortunately. And so I teach three completely different parenting classes, and they're all really good, and they all teach us how to be really great parents. But there's no guarantees that we're going to have perfect kids. In fact, we probably aren't, and we're we're still going to make mistakes as parents. And so that is the problem in one thing, but in the other sense is that as you as a parent, listen to me very closely, you as a parent are the biggest predictor of how your kids are going to turn out. Is that a little scary? Like, us as parents are the biggest factor of how our kids are going to turn out. But we're not the only factor. There's a lot of other factors out in the world. In fact, we live in a, and we're raising our kids in a world that's pretty evil, that has a full of people that want to take advantage of or, or harm our kids. And, you know, that's the kind of world that we live in. And as our kids get older, they're going to make choices that we may not have taught them. They're going to make choices and things that we may, they may do things that we don't necessarily want them to do. But as they grow, we're hoping that that when they face those choices, they hear our voices in their head, right? Like they hear their mom or their dad, you know? And so that's what we're hoping that we do through all of this, is we want them to make the good choices, but we can't be around them 24-7. And unfortunately, we don't always have control of the choices or the things that happen to our kids. Susie and I, my wife, we have done our best at trying to put God first in our lives, trying to put God first in our family. And both our kids say they still love Jesus today, which is awesome. But both of our kids have had really great friends, and they've had really bad friends. They've had some good relationships, dating relationships, and some really bad ones. And some things, some negative bad things have happened to our kids' lives, like they happen to all of us. And those are things that we couldn't control and things that we couldn't, you know, decide of what would happen. But you know what? We can be the best parents in the world, but bad things can still happen to our kids. And we can't protect them from everything. And let me say this. I don't believe it's really our job to protect kids from everything. And I say that because I think some of the hard things that our kids go through, it shapes who they become, right? Like, and I think some of the tough things our kids go through can actually make them better people. 
I think some really hard things that our kids go through, if we're standing alongside them, can actually, in the long run, make them more godly people. And so we're not here just to totally, you know, put saran wrap around our kids and protect our kids. We're just here to guide our kids. It's like if they're in a car and they're driving down the road, we want them to drive, but they're veering off. It's like we're the guardrails. We're not the ones driving the car as they get older, right? They're making their own choices. But we're the guardrails to hopefully bounce them back on the right road. And so that's our job as parents. But we have to do everything, and it starts with putting God first. And so when we're talking about this, this is the first point. Parenting is like everything else in life. If you put God first, the rest will fall into place. And so this obviously totally applies to everything, to everyone. And so if you heard that verse that a little kid read in the beginning of the, of the, uh, in the little video, it's talking about when Moses was talking to the Israelites and they're about ready to go into the promised land. And so he's kind of giving them this last spiel, this last pep talk saying, hey, this is how we are going to build a godly society. This is how you should be able to be, start building your families and making your families, as we all as a God's people going into the promised land. So that's kind of the context of this verse. And so in Deuteronomy 5, he actually goes back to and talks about the Ten Commandments that God gave them back in Exodus. And so he kind of reiterates the Ten Commandments, and here they are. And if you look at the first four right here, you can see that all those four are all about putting God first. It's all about making God the priority in your life. It's all about, hey, this is God. Don't put any other gods before me. We're supposed to be honoring God first. And so he sums it up in the last verse of chapter 5 in Deuteronomy. He says, stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live along and prosperous lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And so Moses is looking ahead. He wants the best for them. He doesn't want them to veer off the path. He wants them to put God first. But sometimes what happens? We get busy. Other things become more important to us. We forget to put God, God number one. We get confused. We get derailed. We get off the path. We get, you know, we, we get in trouble in our lives. All those different things happen, and we miss out on what God wants for us. And we miss out what God wants for our families. And so, in some sense, this verse, he's talking directly to the Israelites in the historical context, saying, you're God's people, this is what you should do. But this is the same theme throughout the Bible. So, if you look at, if we put these side by side with what Jesus said in Matthew, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. And so, you can see the parallel here between these two principles, putting God first, what he wants, his will for you, his purpose for you. If you trust in God, he's going to take care of the rest. And so, that's the whole point of this. So, what does it mean to put God first? If you think of the alternative to that, where you don't put God first, where you put other things first in your life, things like your career or your job or you're spending long hours at work and you don't have time for your kids or your family, or if you're putting like, you know, sports before God where you're spending all time with your team or sports or whatever, if you're putting recreation or vacations in front of God or all the toys that you own, you know, you want to be out in your boat, you want to be camping on your ATV, you want to do all these things instead of being here on Sunday or whatever, you know, there could be a lot of things that people put in before they put God, you know, it could be your friends. It could even be your family. It could be a lot of things that we put before God. It could be politics. Some people like to argue and talk about, and that's all they think about is politics, and they don't care who they hurt in the process. All those things can be set up in front of God, and then we miss out on what God wants for our lives. 
So, and this is obviously not just a, just a parenting issue. This is for all of us. But ironically, if you're thinking about kids and families, the ironic part of it is some parents can put their kids first. They put their kids before God. Whatever my kids want. And my, world, my world revolves around my kids. Or whatever I want for my kids, that comes first. I've coached a lot of soccer. I was a coach for many years, my son growing up in competitive soccer. And I've seen a lot of soccer dads. My daughter grew up dancing her whole life. And I've seen a lot of dance moms. And I see a lot of parents living vicariously through their kids, pushing their kids to do something that they want their kids to do that their kids may or may not want to do. And so sometimes we can make those things kind of idols in our lives, and we don't put God first. We can put our kids first, or really, in that sense, it would be ourselves first. So kids and family can become an idol that displaces God sometimes. So I want you to ask yourself this question. If I were to go up to your kids, and if I were to ask them, what is the most important thing in your mom's life? What's the most important thing in your dad's life? They're with you all the time. They see you all the time. They see how much time you spend on your cell phone or whatever. It's like, what would they say? Would they say, oh, my mom, she, God's totally first in her life. Or would they say, oh, you know, my mom's job or career, that's the most important thing. She's never home to hang out with us or take care of us. Or dad, my dad, oh yeah, he totally puts God first in his life. Or would they say, you know what, my dad's kind of hobbies come first. Like he's always in the garage working on something or always out with his buddies doing something without us. Like what would your kids say if I asked them? What is the priority of your mom? What is the priority of your dad? It'd be an interesting question to ask. And so think about that. Think about that. Because I believe that putting God first is way more important than getting your kids in the right school. It's way more important than getting your kids to, go to be on the right team. It's way more important than having your kids like, have the right friends. Those things are important, but God should be the most important in your family's life. And so good parenting starts with putting God first in our life, trusting him, and he'll take care of the rest in our family. And so Deuteronomy 5 and Deuteronomy 6 goes into the next point. The command to obey applies to every generation. Parents obey God, and kids obey parents. And so if we're putting God first, right, that goes into obedience. And so if we're being obedient to, our God, to God, then our kids see us being obedient to God. And so we have to put God first so our kids can see it, and then they can, in a turn, come and obey their parents. And so we love this as parents. We love verses that tell our kids to obey us, you know? Like, we, like, you know, could use those all day long. But in the same sense, man, we have to be the ones to obey God first in order for our kids to follow in, their, in our footsteps and obey us. That has to come first. And so the Bible says this applies to all of us. Deuteronomy 6 says, These are the commands, decrees, and relegations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord. Your God, as long as you live, if you obey all these decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. So listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. You know, we can tell our kids, you know, the only way I'm not going to kill you is if you listen to me, you know, you live a long life. But at the same sense, we have to like obey God first. We have to model that. We have to show that. And so he's talking about the Ten Commandments here. He brings it up and he says, parents, obedience starts with you, with your relationship with God. And we have to model that. And I don't know what it was like for you growing up. I don't know what your parents were like. 
I said at the beginning, you know, the way who you are, who your parents become, or who your kids become, starts with you, because you're the most important relationship in their life. But if you look back to how you were raised, you can kind of see that, right? You can kind of see the person that you became because of your parents. And that'd be good, or that could be bad. And so there's many people that I talk to, they say, yeah, I saw my parents every morning reading the Bible every day. And maybe you didn't have that in your life. You know, maybe you didn't see that. But this is your chance to start a new, a new generation. This is your chance to start a new legacy with your kids where you're going to put God first and they're going to see that in your life. And so all those different things, our kids, we want our kids to be able to see those things. And so we don't want to be hypocrites either. <laughs> like, we don't want to do that because kids see straight through that. If they say mom and dad not putting God first at all and doing their own thing and coming to church on Sunday and pretending, like, they're going to see right through that. And the same thing, if you, if you as a parent says, you know, kids, we're going to eat healthy, we're going to get all this junk food out of here, we're going to only eat really, really good food, and then they see you in bed with a whole bag of candy or a whole bag of chips. Like, they're going to be like, whoa. And they're going to call you out on that, right? In the same sense, too, if you're like, don't drink, but you're getting, drug every, you're getting drunk every weekend. Don't do drugs, but you're self-medicating with your prescription drugs in your cabinet. You know, like, kids are going to see that. And so we have to be real. If we say we're going to put God first, you really have to put God first because kids can see the hypocrisy. They see all those different things. And if you as parents are not worshiping God, putting God first, making him a priority, why would you model those different things? And trust me, if you do that, your kids will catch it. They will catch it. If it's important to you, it'll become important to them. I would much rather my kids see me reading my Bible alone at home than up on a stage preaching to hundreds of people. Because my parents, my kids, are probably not going to grow up and be pastors, right? They have other things that they can do in their life. And so we have to be the models of those sorts of things if we want our kids to catch it. So in the New Testament in Ephesians, it says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. So we talked about parents obeying God, but then the Bible also talks about children obeying parents, and this is kind of how it works. Your kids grow up young, like listening, obeying you, following your role, like following you, your lead hopefully first. But then as they get older and they see it, they start saying, they, it's not that they, like they stop obeying you, but they shift their allegiance from you to God. And we want them to make that jump. We want them to make that shift. And so that's why it's very, very important. So if we look at this, if we look at the ten, back at the Ten Commandments, we can see the first four, right? All about putting God first. That's the first four. But then if you look at the last five, it's all about loving people. So you have to love God first and put God first before you can really learn how to love other people. And we have to teach our kids that. So our kids have to see us loving God and putting God first, and then they can see the result of that is loving people. Because if you really, if you're pretending to put God first, then you're going to have a hard time loving other people, and they're going to see the difference. But if they see you putting God first, and as a result of that, they see you loving other people, they're going to make the connection. And I really feel like this verse number five right here, honor your parents, is what makes that connection. 
Because if you're loving God and honoring God and they're obeying you as kids and they see you obeying God, then they're going to turn and start obeying God and then they're going to learn how to love people. And I really feel like the family is the most important place for them to learn how to love other people. They learn how to love their brothers and sisters. They learn how to share with their friends. They learn how to serve others. They learn how to love other people that are different from them. We want to be able to share that and teach our kids in our family how to love others. You know, we want our kids to come out of our family and not be racist. You know, we want all those different things. We want them to learn that from us because we learned it from the Bible or we learned it from God. And so we pass those things on. And so that's how kind of the Ten Commandments works. And so it continues to do this. Our last point is this. Wholehearted obedience should impact every part of our lives, both personally and as a family unit. So if we are doing these things right, and again, this is to all of us, right? Not just parents. Moses says, you know, you're going to the land, preparing them for God, and all these different things, and this is how you should set up society. This is how we should live in our families. And so in Deuteronomy 6, it says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is alone. And you, will, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. So this is called the Shema back in the Old Testament. The Jewish kids used to say this every day, so they knew it by heart. They knew it really well. And so the important part of this is it's very central. It puts God in the central, most important place. And it says, love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, with all those different things. And this is a response that God really deserves from us. And so all that to say is we as families coming to church every Sunday, once a week, it's not really Christianity. Like, it's good. I'm glad it's good. nice to see all your faces. But how many of you have, if you have little kids, have done this on a Sunday morning? You're waking your kids up. You're feeding them. You're getting them dressed. You're screaming at you. Everybody gets in the car. Everybody's screaming. You're screaming at your wife or your husband because everybody's upset. And then you show up to the doors, you walk in, and you pretend like you love each other. Like, you know, and everything's okay. You know, that's not Christianity. Christianity is outside these doors. It's living it every day. It's being with your kids. It's talking about it. It's doing all these different things. You know, that's what living your faith is. It's more than just being here on a Sunday morning. It's our whole lives. So this works out. We're going to talk about a couple different things, personal disciplines and family disciplines and how we work this out. So personal disciplines... Prayer, Bible reading, disciple making, really, really simple. You want to learn how to put God first? Set aside a time every day where you pray. Set aside a time and make it the same time every day, whether you're a morning person or an evening person or a midday person, whatever it is, set aside a time where you are praying. And also, set a time as time, maybe it's the same time where you're just reading the Bible, you know, literally a book or on your phone. You know, you're reading the Bible. Like, you can totally set aside a time to do those things. And the disciple-making, mentoring, is just a big word for hanging out with other people that have the same faith you do, giving advice or getting advice about parenting or about anything in life where you're spending time and people are, you're sharpening each other, you're learning from each other. Those are all three really easy things. And honestly, if you, what these do is they help you kind of recharge. They kind of help you fill your cup. Because you as a parent need to fill your cup as much as possible because you're always emptying it with your kids. And I don't know if you ever had that time where you're stressed, you're tired, you're worried, and you're just upset and your kids are like, ah, and you just, ah, and you blow up and you flip your lid and you go crazy because you just haven't had that time to fill your own cup. And you're kind of pouring from an empty cup. 
You know, we need these times. You need these times on your own to be able to recharge yourself to give all the energy that your kids need from you. And so that's personal disciplines. Family disciplines, going to church, serving together, family time, all these great things. And, you know, here at Alpine, we have all these different church campuses. And I know here and other campuses, there are whole families that come to church, you know, during the week, and they're cleaning this church for you as a family. That's awesome. You know, we've had a lot of families from this campus, actually, to come to where I work. And they bring their families with them, and they do crafts with our kids that are living in our shelter, and they play games with the kids, and they do all these kids, and they serve as a family. Some, some families go and serve, you know, dinner or lunch or whatever to homeless people, and it's great. You're serving as a family. Those are really, really great things. And then there's family time, right? Family time can look like so many different things, but what we love to do here is to give you the tools and the resources to kind of do family time which basically we have PursueGod.org, we have Pursue God Kids. You can spend time with your kids and watch little videos with them and talk about what they learned you know, right now on Sunday mornings and talk about that. There's t- so many different topics. You can let your kids choose what they want to talk about and you can use this, you, know, you can do this during dinner, before bed, you can do it for five minutes, 15 minutes, you can do it for 30 minutes if you have older kids, you know, whatever. But you can take the whole point is having you outside of church talking about having faith conversations and talking about what you believe and why and so many different topics and so many different things. You want the whole point of spending, pursuing God together, spending time doing that, you know. We didn't have this whole resource when our kids were little. We had it when they were older. But the cool thing now is that our kids are older. You know, I've had times where my sons come in here and listen to the sermon and we go home and he, we have this great conversation about things that we, that, you know, what we were talking about at church. And there's things where he says, you know what, I agree with this, but I don't agree with this. And it's great because we can have really great conversations about our faith. And I love it. And that's transferred from as he gets older into, I can talk to my son and my, my daughter about anything. You know, we talk about politics. We talk about school. We talk about tons of different things. And so my son's taking a bad words, taboo words and bad words class or something like that. And I can't wait to talk about things like that. And so things like that are great. And so starting those conversations with your kids is super important and super fun. And so this says... And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. So this is the idea. You're talking to your kids all the time, spontaneously, other times. And I know it's hard to talk to your kids sometimes. How many of you guys have gotten the eye roll from your teenagers, you know? Or you gotten the brush off or the... I'm not listening to you, you know, type of thing. And that's hard, but we just keep trying and we keep trying and keep trying. And your kids may not tell you this, but they really appreciate it. They love your effort, even though they might kind of rebel a little bit. It definitely works. And so putting God first is the first point that we want to make with you in this three-point series. And so whether your kids are little or whether your kids are older, it's important to put God first and have them see you and model it for them. Now that our kids are older, my son, two years ago, went, uh, moved out to go to Salt Lake, uh, to live in Salt Lake and go to the University of Utah. And then we had our bonus year where he moved back home because of COVID and all of his classes were online anyway. But now he's moving out again. And so on Wednesday, he's moving out again. And my wife's having a hard time with it because she has to see her little baby leave the house again. 
And the other day, he came home, and my, my wife apparently was a little over-exaggerated and said, oh my gosh, Dylan, how are you? I miss you. And my son, with his sense of humor, says, mom, you know what? I'm leaving soon again. You need to get over me. And you know what? Like, it's true a little bit. Like, you know, we need to let our kids go. You know, we need to let our kids go. And so Susie and I, we have done our best, and we've messed up a lot. But we've really done our best. But we have to trust God that as our kids move out, that they are going to, you know, we've laid that foundation. But as they move out, it's up to them now. It's up to our kids. It's up for them if they're going to follow God or not, if they're going to put God first or not. All the best we can do is lay that foundation for them. And we still want to have relationships with them. We want to still pray with them. We want to still have great conversations with them. We're still that guardrail, but they're driving that car. And so that's how we get to that point as parents. And so we don't believe that God is finished with them yet because God's not finished with us yet. God's still working on all of us. And so that's the faith and the hope that we have with our kids. So if you're not a parent, you know what? You still have to put God first. If you are a parent of little kids, it matters so much. If you're a parent of older kids, it matters even more. Like, we need to keep doing this and keep doing this with our kids. And so the application of this is this. Ask yourself these questions. What is your priority right now? What is your priority? What do you spend most of your money on? What do you spend most of your time doing? What do you motivates you? What gets you excited? What, if I asked your kids or if I were to ask your friends, what would they say is the most important thing in your life? What's your priority? And if you really look in the mirror and you really ask yourself these questions, then maybe you have to shift some priorities a little bit, and that's okay. We learn, we grow, we change. And so you really, really need to ask yourselves those type of questions and to figure out where God is in your life and your family's life. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you put us as a priority. God, you didn't have to do any of those things, God. You could have just let us, let us just hurt and destroy ourselves, God. But instead, you came and you sent your son Jesus to come and to die on the cross for us and to show us and to prove to us about how much you love us and how much you care about us and how much you want a relationship with us. And God, I thank you so much that you are a perfect example of a loving father. And I pray that we would follow your example with our kids, whether if we have them now or if they're coming soon. God, I pray that you would help us to be able to learn that and to see, God, and to know that your forgiveness covers everything. They forgive, the forgiveness covers our mistakes. They cover our parenting mistakes. They cover our kids' mistakes. They cover it all. And we thank you for that, God. We pray that we would put you higher as our priority in our life. And God, that we would lead our, lead our family, whatever our family looks like, we would lead our family in the direction that you would want us to go because you want what's best for us as a father. In Jesus' name, amen.